It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Little throwdown Thursday here on uh, the Patrick Johnson show. I don't know who we're throwing down with. It just sounds good. I like the alliteration. Don't you, Ben? Yeah, I gotta find somebody to be mad at now. Somebody. To oh, you're mad at with. everybody. You're so mad all the time. All right, Ben Byram, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm, say hello to him. I'm a jolly good fellow. I know I, you were in a weird mood yesterday. What are you talking about? I was. I was just like it was just like any other day. Hey, Ben. About time. Uh, Zoke uh, will be on with us today. Jim Zoki. You got some questions, Ben? Oh, yeah. I got questions. There we go. And now see, your Panthers. Now I can throw down with them. Yeah, now your Panthers. Tell we're not throwing down with Zoki. Zoki's a friend of the show. No, not Zoki. The Panthers. I'll take them head on, all of them. Let me tell you something. Um, your boys got run all over last uh, week against Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah, no surprise. And, and uh, Saquon Barkley's back and looking good for the Giants. Not looking too good coming up. It could, I mean, it could be a little bit of a long weekend. I'm just preparing you now. Daniel Jones was mossing us at wide receiver last time we played him. So, I, I mean, I'm expecting the worst <laughs> here coming up. Daniel Jones. Did I say Mac Jones when we talked to Zoki? Uh, I believe you did. I believe you did say Mac Jones. Have you, but have he you corrected, corrected? He corrected you. Uh, do I need to correct that before we talk to Zoki? No, he corrected you. Uh, he did it for you. Yeah, so. but I don't want to be corrected, so do I need to correct it is my question. No. Leave okay. it in there. Leave it in there. I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> you to. I mean, I, don't, I already don't sports hard enough for some. Mac Jones, Daniel Jones are about the same right now. They both I don't think I said Mac Jones. I, 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 no, he's... I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you said it, but it's all right. It's all right. I, there's no way on this planet I said Mac Jones. There's no way on this. I, I No way. I, 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 no way. Okay, all right. You didn't. You didn't. I don't, I don't think I did. I don't think I did. Uh, this is a good look at ECU Polo somebody just sent me a picture of. Where is this? I need to find out where this is. This is a good-looking polo. I, I'd actually wear that. Is this one of these deals where it's a team-issued exclusive? No, no, I think this is – that's why I'm trying to figure out where it is. Well, you got connections. I, you can probably get it for free. No, I don't want I don't, I don't want it for free. I mean, I'll take it for free, but I don't want it for free. You know, one thing we have I been – in, in a mood. No, 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 I don't, no. Want, I don't want it. it I, I don't want it to come across that I am on here trying to get people to send me stuff. I now see where it is. Boy, it's too bad Cookie messed that deal up. Wait, what did he do? What did he? It was up? the uh, it was the it was the shop where it's place where Cookie used to work. Oh yeah, yeah. Now I would I would be more than happy to take it on a discount, but you know with Cookie no longer there. <sighs> well, yeah, I, <laughs> the way I don't want to say like there's an epic blow up, but the way he left, uh, 
I don't think they were. Too it's sure just weird. That. It's just weird. Cookie's yeah. such a weird dude. That's <laughs> the one thing we've learned about he, Cookie. Cookie's a strange cat. He's probably and listening I like that right now. Like what? Yeah, no he's a strange cat. He's a strange dude. I like him, but he's just a he's, little different. He, after staying up all night, getting ready for the uh, remote tomorrow. I, I don't. Like, if I could go to sleep now, Ben, I'd do it. Like, right now, if you said, all right. He's not. He's night. sweating bullets right now. I hope not. He's got um, puddles in his boots. <laughs> I hope not. You know, one thing we have not talked about this week, and um, and for good reason, but you know we're going to mention it some tomorrow and obviously Saturday obviously you know App State beating Texas A&M I mean give credit where credit's due they beat them right yeah I mean I don't hate App State or anything I think it'd be a nice little rivalry to form if ECU it makes sense but I don't like I don't that but I, I I'll tell you this it makes zero sense to me zero sense to me uh that uh that game day's going there that, I'm not going to lie to you. That irks me a little bit. That irks me a lot, actually. And hey, so the App State that. fans uh, are – hang on, Ben. The App State fans are basically saying, you know, we're the best program in the state and that kind of thing. Because there's been claims that times at ECU has been able to claim that they're the best football program in the state. And they had the – they had some evidence to back it up. Because they had beaten the teams that you're getting the most pushback. Because what you're getting from the Triangle Sports Media when they hear from App State fans on this is, well, isn't this cute? And, well, they didn't beat the Tar Heels. And they're ranked ahead of the Tar Heels, you know, in the receiving votes category. And a lot of these times when ECU would make these claims, they will they would have beaten UNC or NC State or both in the same year. You know, it's something App was not doing necessarily uh, or or in a position to do. And I do think for what they have and, and, I mean, what they've done is pretty darn impressive. They didn't miss too much of a beat going from FCS to FBS. And they've had like three different coaches in the last, what, five, six years? Yeah, I mean, it's impressive what they've done. To have continuity through that, they've got support, people care, they've gone to bowl games. I mean, for what their level of achievement is, it is impressive. I don't think it should be getting a, a, a game day. I mean, especially, you know, and they don't make that decision, you know, on the TV window. Ben, let me let you in on the little TV window world, right? Okay. The TV de- times are usually decided. Uh, it's the 10-day window. But basically, if uh, what's the best way to say this? The Monday before the week of the game. Does that make sense? So, for example, this past Monday, the time of the Navy game was announced, and it was 6 o'clock, and it was announced Monday. Well, we know the Navy game's not played to a week from... So so it's it's more like... So it's two weeks away. Yeah, it's less than two Two weeks. weeks It's less than two weeks. But then the TV... In some cases, the TV networks... They're assigned Monday in most cases. In some cases... They're assigned Tuesday, but the announced teams and the crews, you know, the people that work behind the scenes are assigned Tuesdays. In some cases, they're assigned further out, but uh, generally they're assigned that on the Tuesday. So, you, you know, play your game on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, your game in 
about two weeks' time is decided what time it's going to be played and what TV designation and then the crews. Game day doesn't make its decision on where it's going. At least they don't make it public until Sunday, usually Monday, the week of, which leads you to believe that they're not going to – they're not making a decision because they, they had no plans to go to App State, right? I don't think they, they planned on going to App State like the whole year. Right, and that was the probably the biggest win. You know, I put Marshall right up there with it. We just haven't got a lot of Marshall <laughs> love this week. Yeah, I think the difference is that I maybe people expected Notre Dame to have some hiccups as the new head coach, but nonetheless, no, everything still a very we heard is win. no, no. We this guy was going to bring Notre Dame into the modern era. Well, that's remember? Notre Dame fans. I mean, they're obnoxious and they always underperform. The most overrated like sports program of all time is Notre Dame. But this guy was going to bring them into the modern era. They were going to be a modern Notre Dame. They were gonna they were gonna play a more exciting brand of football. Have a losing brand. Of well, that was the case. It was actually no, a pretty no, boring has. brand of football, just like typical Notre Dame case. football. It has not been the case. So um, I'm kind of curious as to you know what exactly the, the 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 rationale, the decision, if you will, was to. To go and, and head off and, and do this game and uh, do this college game day in in Boone. And they're playing Troy, so it's not like a deal like when they played Miami or even when they played UNC. They've got a big opponent coming in. Yeah, that's my biggest and, point of contend is that they're playing Troy, which doesn't scream game day to me. But I will give them their due. They pretty much had the biggest win this past weekend and the biggest upset. But, I mean, could you have hold it off once they got on a little run here, a little winning streak, instead of having game day when they're playing Troy? Like, it, it, it's not a good look. I don't think it really well, you works. Get the, you get the idea, though. Game day has become, you know, for all of the ESPN is ruining college football talk and ruining college athletics talk, everybody will sell their soul out if they know game day's coming. Because that's the, for better or for worse, the biggest program as far as a studio show. I, it, it's got to be that. I'm talking about like, but that has big ratings and buzz. It's got to be that and then the, the NBA show on TNT. Yeah. I mean, I realize for some reason, like the Fox and CBS studio shows, and I guess the NBC studio shows do big numbers on Sunday, but there's never any buzz out of those things. Those are formulaic. They tell the same jokes. They have the same formats. They have the same interviews. Well, now they have the like same... skits and stuff like that. Are yeah, I mean, it's just, awful. it's it, they're trying to do things, and in spite of themselves, they still draw big numbers. But you never see a buzz created off of those shows because they're very, very safe. Yeah. They're just the, NBA thing on, the, very, the NBA thing on TNT does good numbers, relatively speaking. You know, out of any NBA thing, it does really good numbers. And it, it creates a buzz. It goes viral. But it's because of Chuck and Shaq. Well, yeah, it's authentic. I mean, yeah, Shaq and Chuck, uh, they don't like they don't hold any punches back or anything. I mean, if Chuck thinks somebody sucks in the game, he's going to straight up say they suck and they're bums, which I think a lot of people are going to appreciate that. On game day, it's it's such a big like they put a picture up I saw yesterday of the app, you know, coming to Boone for game day. To show they've got like nineteen people on that show now, and they've got McAfee, who I'm just not. 
Yeah, I, don't I know get. you're not a McAfee fan, but you know, I, I don't, I don't, McAfee's great. I don't get him. But I mean, he's not, he's not geared for me to get. Terrible wrestling uh, announcer, but I think he's he's good when it comes to the sports content. Again, they're not gearing him for me. Um, I think we all think we respect Lee Corso, we love Lee Corso, but you know, it's it's it is a little tough to watch at times. Past his heyday. And, well, way past it, and yeah. I don't mean that in any disrespect. I mean, it's just, it really is kind of tough and sad to watch at times. Yeah, well, I th- I've so, never been a big game day fan. I just never really got it. It's, I mean, yeah. I never went out of my way to watch game day. It never really well, got me hyped for football yeah, I mean, or anything. It's just kind of a weird show to me. And it's so very weird. I didn't realize this because we had a lot. We've had a lot of games at noon the last few years, so we're usually on the air at the pregame. Um, but. I guess Fox does this big show and this big production now on on the road. I knew they did a studio show, but they, it seems like now they're taking it on the road. And again, they may have been doing this for years. So forgive me for not knowing because we usually have been on the air the last two years at 9 in the, in the morning yeah, we might, doing the pregame. We might yeah. throw a game day on, and that's just because, like, all right, what games are coming on today? Right, what should, what right. do we need to change the click? But we're not even paying for? attention to So I wasn't even aware Fox was doing, like, an on-location show. I mean, it's great that they are, but, um, you know, the game day thing. So, I mean, as far as an institution, it's a big deal whenever they show up, but I just, it's, it's interesting that the same people who a lot of them root for a lot of these places they'll go to now and say that they're the brand that's ruining college football, but we'll welcome you with open arms to game day. I don't know, I just it irks me that they're going to Boone. That's that's kind of what the the whole meat of the matter is. Well, it's been a theme here recently. Whenever there's a big an up, upset or like a small program rising up the ranks, that they'll go out of the way maybe once a year, maybe twice a year during the season to go to these programs. Like I remember a couple of years ago, and I believe this is when Houston was still there, but they went to JMU after just like a no. random win. I don't think Mike was at there. I think that was might have been the year after there. he left, or year or two after he left. Maybe I don't even know that. It, it's I, I I know what you're talking about, but I I don't know if Mike was the coach then. If I if I'm wrong on that, I but I think Everett Winters was either there. I don't know. Anyway, I I, I don't I don't think Coach Houston was. But I, yeah, they've gone there, which I mean, it's cool. They should have gone. They had the best yep. program at the time. Uh, one of the best programs. I mean, you could only go to Alabama and Florida, Ohio, Ohio State, State and all uh, Florida places, so yeah. many times. You know, and I understand part of it is it's it's a road show. You travel, you mix it up. I mean, like this week is a great example for our, and I'm no way comparing what we do, but I mean, like we're out on location in front of the Town Bank Tower. We actually had a lot of people like come by and watch and listen and, and come up and interact in breaks with our show on before the state game, but it was a big crowd. It was fresh and it was new and everybody was excited. Um, I don't, you know, we, we didn't do it last week cause one in the weather and then two, I had to, I had a little health issue. So I stayed home and, uh, did it remotely. And so I don't know how good the crowd would have been. I don't know how great it's going to be. I think it will be, we'll have a pretty good crowd the next week for Navy, but you know, you don't know how many people are, are going to fly. But point, my point is, with the state thing, it was kind of new because more people were going to the game than than ever before, let's be honest, uh, with the attendance. So it's like, you know, new people, oh, look at this. This is kind of cool. And so I think there's some of that that goes on. You know, it's kind of like that's why they go to these new destinations because there's going to be a built-in 
excitement factor where it might be old hat. If you go, I mean, it's expected to go to Tuscaloosa once a year, right? And there's going to be fans, don't get me wrong, but if you went three or four times a year like you could, would it be as exciting? I don't know. No, um, no it's uh, Yeah, it probably boring. wouldn't be. Yeah, it's very boring. Yeah, but I mean, it's part of it is the fans behind the staging. You know, that's that's a big part of it. Well, it's like the people get excited it, for the national championship. It's like, all right, are you really that excited to see Ohio State and Bama or Bama and Clemson for the millionth time? Yes, like, they I, have, I'm they not. Have, well... You're a cynic, but there's these these are the programs that have fan bases and they draw numbers. Well, I know, I know, but that's a whole other here, like going out of their way to watch it. I'm just like, I'll watch the highlights the next day. Like, I mean, it's just the same old same. Uh, well, it doesn't I, I mean anything You're, to me. It doesn't mean nothing. This is again taking a bizarre turn with you down this conversation. Oh, I'm just saying, it's, I mean, it's, it's not strange. a true college football playoff, and it's the same schools. Like, I, I'm. What does that have to do with them doing the playoff, the, the show in Boone, and the Boone, and the show trying to stay fresh, and that's why they go to. Well, you places. brought up Bama, so I'm just saying. I mean, I. I'm Bama's just saying you boring. can't go Bama, to Bama's a boring <laughs> program. I mean, I'm All tired right. of hearing about Bama. Oh, I wish I could cut you off right now. No, the the it's not going. You can't go there three or four times a year. Is my point. You're going to go there, but you can't go there three or four. So that's why another reason why they mix it up. But, I mean, the Boone thing's just odd to me. And maybe it just irks me because I don't like App State or their fans. Yeah, I, <laughs> you know what I say. I mean, I, I'm just, there's a lot of parallels between us and App State. I think our mm, fans can be no. the same way to other people. Let's be, mm-hmm. let's be honest. We can be obnoxious well, everybody's as well. Got, everybody's got obnoxious fans. Everybody's got yeah, There you go. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, let's get a um, break in, but before we do, why don't we give away a pair of tickets so if you do come to the game, you can come out and see us. Uh, it's uh, caller 5 at 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263, a pair of tickets to ECU Campbell. Uh, we'll get you hooked up with a uh, couple ducats, and we'll get you hooked up with... Um, do we have the gift card, Ben? Yeah, we got the gift card, Chico's Mexican Restaurant. We'll give that to you as well. So... Uh, We'll have our winner when we come back. 252-561-GAME. 252-561-4263. Caller 5. Uh, Pirate Report. We'll hear from the coordinators and Coach Houston when we come back. Videos, articles, and what's going on in the Pirate Nation. I thought that's what Facebook updates were for. Like and comment on 94.3 The Game's Facebook page right now. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up on 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. This is Tim Sutton with Greenville Auto World. When it comes to vehicle maintenance, we know you have a lot of options. It's hard to find a reliable and honest auto repair shop. That's where we come in. Greenville Auto World with a commitment to providing our customers with honest quality service at reasonable prices. Greenville Auto World has one of the most state-of-the-art repair facilities available in eastern North Carolina. Our technology, education, expertise provides you with the best care imaginable. For an appointment, call us at Greenville Auto World on Charles Boulevard at 364-8730. 94.3 The Game is your ECU flagship station. Your ECU Pirates host Campbell this Saturday. And you can catch all the action right here on the ECU Sports Radio Network. To the end zone, touchdown! Every snap, sack, and score. Brought to you by our pirate partners, TeamBoneyard.org, Moore's Old Time Barbecue, Fantastic Sam's, and Caribsy Restaurant. Off. We are the Pirates of ECU, and we are your home for pirate football. 94.3 The Game. This is about you, your family. 
and the health of all who live in Eastern North Carolina. This is about the transformation of a health system into something more powerful and more human, about creating new ways to treat disease and keep you well. This is about ECU Health, which is to say, it's really all about you. ECU Health. Minds. Hearts. Purpose. Hi, I'm Rachel Davis with Advanced Mechanical, and I wanted to let you know that there are new government energy requirements going into effect January 1st. These requirements will drastically increase the cost of HVAC units. The cost of HVAC units are estimated to increase up to 25% in the coming months, which could cost you hundreds, possibly thousands of dollars more. If your HVAC system is over 10 years old, we'd like to save you money ahead of the energy changes. Give us a call at 252-355-9191 or online at advancedmechnc.com. If you're looking for a new HVAC system, look no further than Advanced Mechanical. For more information on the upcoming regulation changes, call us at 252-355-9191 or visit online at advancedmechnc.com. In Eastern Carolina, trust your HVAC to Advanced Mechanical. This is David Hollinger, Managing Partner of the Texas Roadhouse here in Greenville, North Carolina. It's a great time as we celebrate a new school year. We love our ECU and Pitt Community College students and everyone else in Eastern Carolina. At Texas Roadhouse, it's all about legendary food and legendary service, as we still do everything fresh every single day, including our hand-cut steaks, made-from-scratch sides and salad dressings, and, of course, our legendary fall-off-the-bone ribs. Don't forget, Texas Roadhouse can help your organization with great fundraising opportunities. Thank you to all of our guests for your continued support. Greenville's number one sports show is back. Understand? Yeah, I understand. Now we're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. It's the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. And who's the winner? Don from Greenville. Don? Don. Don, D-O-M, not Dom, but Don. No, not Dom, Don. No, I did not. Hey, give Don. The, I did not give the tickets and gift card to our intern, Dom. Ah, gave he it to Don. Want some chicas, D-O-N. Don. Congratulations to Don. Thank you for listening to Ben's nonsensical rant and still calling. I bet they loved it. They're like, yeah, yeah. They're pointing at the radio. <laughs> I'm sure they throwing are. their fist up in the air, like yes. Oh. Yes, Bam stinks. I'm tired of them. Um, let's do today's pirate report, shall we? And now Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. We'll try to get through this as much as uh, we can. I tell you, why don't we just start with the coordinators? Um. And we'll start with Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, he talked about the bevy of transfers, wide receiver transfers that the Pirates uh, have in. Well, I, you know, I don't know about the radar. I probably didn't look at the radar. Jalen was the first that one we got, and that's who we were most excited about. Uh, Aaron Auer is uh, ex-Georgia, you know, student coach, and he knew him well. Todd Munkins, a very close friend of mine, is OC at Georgia. We work together, talk all the time. And uh, I'd gotten a lot of information from him. And, you know, it was just it was a hard place for him to be the guy at Georgia. And so he was looking just, you know, for that opportunity, which is what all the kids are looking for right now. So, 
you know, we thought he was going to be fantastic. He came in, pulled a hamstring, I guess, third day of spring ball. And up until that point, though, he was really showing some signs of being pretty good. But, you know, three days, you, you don't have time to really see a lot. So we were excited. He, he uh, was a little bit banged up during camp and the whole bit. So I guess maybe everybody wasn't talking about him quite as much. I think he kind of liked it that way. Just kind of let me lay low, come under the radar, as you say. But I, we sure had confidence in him the whole time. I know they dropped a couple balls. We talked about that last week. But, you know, that happens. You know, you don't want it to happen, but it happens. But, but no, he's pretty good. Yeah, we're, we're excited about him. Uh, Donnie Kay on the importance of getting the running game going like the Pirates did against ODU. We always say the running game is the quarterback's best friend, uh, no doubt. It, it is much easier to throw the ball when they're playing the run. Uh, it's hard to throw the ball when the defense can just put their ears back, rush, you know, run all these exotic coverages, give you all these different looks. So we, we were a little more balanced. We, you know, in the second half, we obviously got the running game going. I'd said last week, but the running game is what got us going back in the game against uh, those other guys up up the wet road there a little bit just because we got a couple runs going, and I thought that relaxed everybody. I thought that made the defense have to adjust a little bit. Then uh, it was tough running. It was tough running again. And, and we're going to see that because, obviously, coming in, you, they all watch tape, and they see those two backs running up and down the field. And they're like, you, you have no chance to beat a team if you can just let them turn around and hand the ball off. Okay, so nobody's going to let you do that on purpose. Uh, so it was tough. And I think we we're balanced anyhow. I'd say we were the most balanced offense in the nation last year. And that's really what we want to be, the, the ability to do either one equally well. Not necessarily 50-50 number of reps, though it does seem to turn out to, to be that way for us. But uh, we'd like being able to do both. Uh, and when the run game goes good, passing game usually a little easier, and vice versa, though. And more on the running attack, specifically the one-two punch at running back and then moving the ball around. They're the best, uh, truthfully. I mean, like I said, I've been in it, this is 40 years now, okay? And that's amazing because I'm not that old, really. I'm only about 48, right? Uh, so I got an early start. But they have been the best about just being team players, being best friends, supporting each other. You know what I'm saying? Loving the one-two punch, not not wanting to be like, hey, this has got to be about me. I got to be the guy. So they've been the easy part. We, we've talked a lot in camp because all of a sudden we started getting some, some go-to guys. You know, Isaiah, you know, CJ coming back, okay, Jalen there, okay. Josiah didn't get to play the first two weeks, but he was in that mixture too. And then there were some other guys like Taji Hudson and Macy O'Donnell who thought, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to come in and be a go-to guy. And we, it was kind of like a basketball coach, we got to say, you know, there's only one ball. You're gonna to have to. Everybody's got to do their job. You got you got to set some picks. You got to rebound. You got to get some assists. Eventually, you know, they'll fluff off and you'll get your shot. Now, make your shot, and you'll keep getting it. And all the kids have done that pretty well. But those two especially, because obviously everybody builds it up. They're gonna have 2,000 yards. You know, they're gonna be all that, and they're gonna be the next Chris Johnson and and all that. And and it doesn't always come just like you want it to. You know what I'm saying? If our plans worked out like we wanted them to, we'd all be in different places or have different lives, I guess. I don't know. Maybe not I go. He lives a dream life, but the rest of us maybe would. Uh, but they, they've been awesome. Yeah, they really. Uh, let's hear from Donnie or uh, Blake Harrell. Let's do that. Uh, and this is Blake Harrell on the defense improving each week. I, I think our goal each and every week is to see how much better we can get uh, from week to week. And we got to continue to do that day by day. Um, doesn't matter if it's from NC State to ODU, from ODU to 
uh, Campbell, we got to continue to get better and improve each day. And then that's in all phases of the game. Uh, run defense, pass defense, rushing the passer, tackling. There's so many fundamental things that uh, you're you're nowhere near where you want to be. So you got something to go take care of each day, and 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 that's kind of our motivation every day. Uh, is how much better can we be this week than we were last week? How much better can we be on Wednesday than we were on Tuesday? You know, and then challenge the guys after practice. How much better can we be tomorrow than we were today, or tomorrow than we were last Thursday? So that's kind of how we look at it, how we approach it, and how we want to go attack those things. Let's uh, hear from uh, Blake Harrell on responding to uh, the mistakes that were made defensively against Old Dominion. Good. I, I think our whole defense has. Um, you know, they don't. They don't. Obviously, not proud of those situations and those those moments. And none of us are. And that's not the the type of type of defense we are. Um, I think we had I don't know thirteen or so series the other night, and ten of them played pretty well, and three of them we didn't. And you know, defensively, you make a mistake, it's going to cost you. You know, sometimes. Offensively, you, you make a mistake and you punt the football and, and you, you know, whatever it is, you're off the field. Defensively, you make a mistake, you know, you turn a guy loose and he's going to end up in the end zone. So it can cost you points right there. And, and um, you know, we, we know we're better than that. And that's kind of the, the disappointing thing for us and, and just pulling the thumb. And we all got to pull the thumb. You know, it's not just in the secondary. It's the pass rush up front. It's, it's me as, as, as overlooking it all. And it's our coaches. It's everybody that pulls the thumb and say, hey, how can we get this thing fixed? How can we do a better job? How can we keep points off the board and uh, be proud of it when we walk off the field? You know, not only the W, you know, it's always when you get wins, you got to celebrate them because we know how hard those things are to come by and we got to be proud of those. Uh, but we also want to walk off the field proud of our performance. I want to get these other two Harold cuts in, so we're going to do it. Uh, one, he talked about having to deal with uh, Campbell's excellent mobile quarterback, Hodge Malik Williams. Hodge is a really athletic quarterback. Uh, when I was at Kennesaw State in 2019, um, I got to see that firsthand. And, and he's as athletic as a quarterback we've played. It's the biggest offensive line as we've played so far. They're huge. Um, really good tight ends, really good receiver. Tailbacks really does a really good job back there. Uh, so we, we got to lock in. And, you know, as we talked about, how much better can we get each day? Focus on us. Obviously focus on our opponent. Making sure we take care of Hodge and keep him in the pocket. And, Make him be a quarterback back there, but be aware that he, he really ain't a whole lot different than Jack Chambers a year ago. He, he can hurt you in those, those same ways. So he's got our full attention, our full respect, and um, you know we got to do a great job tackling and do a great job. If he starts scrambling and scramble rules, you know, holding on those receivers and, and getting him on the ground, chasing him down. So got our hands full. It's going to be a tough job. Yep, uh, indeed it will. Uh, Coach mentioned. Their starting offensive line, they average 324 across their starting offensive line. And their lone guy under two, under 300 is a kid named Josh Noble, who's a freshman who's 6'5", 285. So they are massive up front is Campbell. And uh, Coach Harrell, uh, last cut from him here on what that looks like, what that uh, sizable Campbell offensive line looks like as far as dealing with what are some challenges of going against an offensive line the size like that? Like, are you trying to replicate the size or just how they move? Or yeah, we can't, can't replicate. Uh, I think he's six. I think the kid from this transfer from Wake Forest is 6'8". You know, somebody said 385 is what one of the scouts said. And they got him at 355. Uh, and the other tackles, you know, 6'7", you know, way over 302 and all up front. Um, you know, you have a game plan of just like, hey, listen, you, this guy's huge. You're not going to necessarily be able to just run around him. time you run around him, you're going to be way, way past the quarterback. And that's not what you want to do against this kid. Um, you got to make sure you keep him caged in, so to speak. So, 
um, you just you practice it, you work it the best you can, and we do have some length on our on our scout team there. Some some guys I think will be really good players in the future, so that helps. Um, but you just kind of got to coach it up, talk about it, and it's, it's hard to replicate that that size. Uh, great uh, job there by our gang to get the pirate report uh, ready, and uh, we'll uh, bring you more cuts uh, tomorrow. Uh, some from Mike Minter, and uh, of course, we'll have cuts for you this uh, weekend with our pregame. All right, uh, Ben with a ninety-four-three the game uh, update, and then uh, Ben and I will uh, welcome Jim Zoki to the show to talk a little Panthers. So uh, stick and stay on the PJ Show. <laughs> Ben Barmier for 94 to the game sports update. We've got a head coaching change at South Central High School. Kendrick Parker stepping down after four games and one win. Parker said in a statement released by South Central School officials, quote, I have chosen to step down as head football coach to focus on family and personal reasons. Robert Wolver, one-time defensive coordinator at Pamlico, will take over on an interim basis for the rest of the season. Pirates set to host Campbell on Saturday night. ECU offensive coordinator Donnie Kay on the Pirate tight ends. Not to us, because I see a lot of the big plays they're making. You know, they're catching some touchdowns, and you know what I'm saying? A touchdown catch is worth about seven other catches, I would say, at least in a ratio, you know, that way. And they've done a nice job with that. Tight ends have a lot of different things they do, and, and that's that's the beauty of that position is that they play like true tight ends, which is sometimes like an offensive line and blocking, okay? Pass protection, run protection. They also play like wide receivers. East Carolina defensive coordinator Blake Harrell talking about his side of the ball and the team improving on defense each week. I, I think our goal each and every week is to see how much better we can get uh, from week to week. And we got to continue to do that day by day. Um, doesn't matter if it's from NC State to ODU, from ODU to uh, Campbell. We got to continue to get better and improve each day. And then that's in all phases of the game. Kickoff for that game against Kansas. Campbell was set for 6 o'clock. Live pregame coverage live outside of Town Bank Tower begins at 3 o'clock that same day of our very own Patrick Johnson and ECU football legend Terrence Copper with our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown. The Panthers are releasing an updated injury report ahead of their Week 2 matchup against the Giants. Defensive end Marquise Haynes didn't participate in practice yesterday as he deals with a hip issue. Christian McCaffrey is also held out of practice for rest. Taylor Moten and linebackers Frankie Louvu and Brandon Smith were all limited. Coach Matt Rule also gave an update on kick returner Andre Roberts, who was moved to IR and said he'll miss a few months. That's going to do it for your 94 through the game sports update. This 94 through the game sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard. For more information on how to donate to our Pirate student athletes, go to teamboneyard.org. Pirates, Panthers, the P Man. Oh my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins us now on the Patrick Johnson Show. Hello, Zoki. Hello, Johnson. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. Did you know that there are only like 18, maybe as few as 15 inf int uh, instances where Jerry Seinfeld said, hello, Newman, on the show, yet it seems like he said it every time, right? Yeah, that's, um, 
it wouldn't make for a very fun drinking game like Hey Bob from the old Bob Newhart show. <laughs> so you wouldn't uh, be able to really have much fun with that. Yeah. So, but I mean, don't you like some of the characters on Seinfeld? They are uh, not on as many episodes as you think. So I guess a lot of it is because because it's on constantly, and if you love the show, you watch it still. So you think the characters are maybe on there more than they are. Does that make sense? No, yeah, they, they, they recur more often when you watch reruns over and over again. So that makes the soup Nazi seem like a mainstay on the show. Yes, time. absolutely. And I think he was only like on one or two shows. So Right. Uh, Jim Zoki, speaking of on shows, will be uh, back this week on the Panthers radio uh, network. We'll have the game against the uh, New York football giants on our uh, station for the Panthers in the East. Talk 1037 WTIB, our sister station. All right, Zoke, uh, let's break it down. Um, great fourth quarter drive by the Panthers, by and large. Took the lead. Ben, who I'm sure we'll hear from here in a minute, thinks they should have gone for the score uh, for six. But they, you know, settled for the field goal, did probably what they statistically should have done. Um, but then it comes back to bite you in the end when Jacoby Brissett looked like uh, Joe Montana. <laughs> Well, poor man's uh, Joe Montana, yes. to say the least. Yes, a very poor man's Joe <laughs> a Montana. A very poor man's yeah. some poor officiating to go on top of the poor man's Joe Montana. Well, yeah, yeah I wanna, I wanna, I, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, yeah, just, you know, you give up that final drive. And, I mean, look, there's at the end of the day, 58 yards, rookie, kicking. Sometimes you got to tip your hat. No, absolutely. Uh, I was underwhelmed by Jacoby Brissett. Sorry, NCAA fans. He just he doesn't look great as we along oh. 10 more games, I think, for Cleveland. But for the Panthers, you know, yeah, Baker, again, you think um, – you know, the, despite the fact that he's only been here a few weeks and there's no excuses, there's got to be some amount of learning that can only happen by playing at full speed tackle football that you can't replicate in tra- uh, practice, training camp, preseason games, all that kind of stuff. So uh, it, it took a while to get going. The offense looked like it hadn't done enough together. And now at least they have that amount. They have four quarters heading into uh, New York this week. But at least they came back and got 17 points in the fourth quarter. And as you said, got beat by a – 58-yard field goal. I will say that is not going to be unusual, I don't think, for Cade York uh, out of LSU to knock those down. I've seen him in pregame warm-ups hit 70-yarders. So he's got not only the leg but the accuracy uh, to do that. So you have to know if you're playing Cleveland. If they get to midfield, if they get to the 50-yard line, they could win the game with a 68-yarder if they have to possibly. So um, whatever Ben was going to ask about with the late in game thing, they they had four botched snaps. One of them occurred late there, took him out of a play. So there were things that they self-inflicted wounds-wise, uh, hurt themselves with. Well, let's get to the call uh, or the calls. Anything with the quarterback, it's going to get called. I mean, that's just the way it is, baby, yeah. as the song went. So you can't – the Rembrandts, just the way it is, baby. So you can't do anything about that. I mean, it, it, it probably wasn't the right call. It was ticky-tacky, but that's just – it's the world we're in in 2022 NFL. I'm still baffled over the sp- – over the, the the pump fake on the spike, I didn't think you could do that, Jim. What's the explanation from from the no fun league on that? I mean, technically, you're not supposed to do that. It's supposed to be one motion. It's not supposed to be like a fake and then a pump fake. There's no looking out to the receiver to see if he might be open and do the old Dan Marino. So, yeah, that's that too. There were two missed calls. I mean, those were both critical moments that could have changed the game with a, a penalty there and pick up a penalty flag and Brian Burns for the roughing the quarterback. Uh, so those two things both worked against the Panthers 
unfortunate. So it's kind of this double-edged sword of those both worked against them, but also the body of work was there was more than two plays that happened during the game. Well, they yeah. could have played a lot better, like stopping the run uh, short of 217 yards. So there were things they could have done to help their cause. But, uh, yeah, both of those, you, you expect to not have to beat the other team. And those, those were two balls that were, were certainly missed, I think. By the way, it uh, appears on our video feed here that Ben was in an earthquake, but I think he's okay now. Ben B-Baby Byram, he'll – He'll be posing his questions for the great Jim Zoki here in just a minute. Zoke uh, with the Panthers Radio Network. No, you hit the nail on the head there, Jim. No wonder you're a WBT Hall of Famer because, uh, it, it, I mean, it doesn't come down to those two plays. Yeah, they don't help, and they happen in the last minute of the game, et cetera. But, I mean, there was plenty that needs to be rectified, and the Panthers probably could have been in a better position to, have, to maybe even have won this game without it coming down to a 58-yarder. Well, you look after one week of football evidence, and they gave up the second most rushing yards in the league, and they offensively only had the second most offensive rushing yards in the league. And you got Christian McCaffrey, so 10 carries, 33 yards for him. Uh, and I know they only ran 50 plays as part of the problem. So that yeah. sustainability of drives was a huge issue in all their offensive numbers. That, that's a ridiculous low number of 50 plays to run in an NFL football game. So all that worked against them. And you know, stuff that's correctable, and they'll work on this week. And and get better. And the Giants are a very similar team to Cleveland in that they're going to run the ball. Guess who the number one rushing team in the league is? It's the New York Giants. <laughs> yeah. Saquon Barkley had 164 yards of that last week. So they're going to a very similar test for the defense coming up this week. And you can be sure the Giants are looking at that game tape as if they weren't already and say, well, that works for Cleveland. I thought the Browns did the Panthers a favor every time they threw the ball. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I didn't understand. They just could have gone like old school and just ran the ball for four quarters. I think they would have made their life a lot easier. Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, with us here. Uh, the benefit of having Zoki later in the week is we can now talk about the injury up there. This is what we always wanted to talk about with Jim. The injury report uh, has, has been released. Uh, so the Andre Roberts injury, how bad, how, how big of a deal is that? Well, part of the problem is we never got to see him play, but you know he's a three-time Pro Bowl returner, and yeah. he was brought yeah. in specifically to be a you know, big special team special and and to make that more of a weapon. So they lose that. So we'll see. I mean, you know, Shai Smith will get that opportunity as a punt returner, Chuba Hubbard as a kick returner, and he's got obviously track speed. So there's not a ton of kick returns in the NFL, of course, with the touchbacks, but he gets the opportunity could be something big. But I think the key will be how Shai Smith does as a punt returner there. So. Uh, that'll be it. I mean, we'll see what uh, he can do. It's kind of hard to say you're going to miss something you didn't really have. You didn't really have Andre Roberts, but he's gone for right. two months is what Coach Matt Rule said. So that's half the season right there. Still, like you said, the track record is what you were banking on there. Uh, anybody else? I know McCaffrey sat out uh, of the uh, Wednesday practice. Uh, there were some others that were uh, limited. But uh, anybody else that uh, a little uh, uh, banged up and uh, that we may or may not see this week in, in New York? No, Patrick, we have foiled your plan of Thursday injury information. They're just fortunately good news this week. Not much to report. It'll be a long season. I'm sure there'll be bad news down the road that we don't want to have to report. But uh, for this week, the good news is, yeah, they're, they're pretty pretty much in good shape heading into this one. I think Zoak does not like talking about the injury report. And now that we have forced his hand into Thursdays, he is gleeful that he does not have to really elaborate uh, on it that much. All right. It's like a superstition that you don't like talking about injuries. You I understand. I, do, yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Now, uh, a, a tradition unlike any other during our interviews with Jim Zoki, uh, the one and only Ben B. Baby Byron Panther super fan, uh, and it will now pepper Jim with some uh, 
uber geeky fan questions that he will art, art, artfully answer, and I'll be amazed. Or dodge. Or dodge, yes. like he did the injury yes. report, and, and I'll be amazed. Ben, uh, let's let's uh, satellite in Ben now from whatever planet he is on. Take it away, Ben B. Baby Byram. So I might potentially keep the injury report going, <laughs> but uh, Bradley Bozeman, Matt Rule's not starting. What's, what's the deal with that? Why do you continue forward with Elfline with snap issues when Bozeman is seemingly healthy? Okay, I've got a question, Patrick. What's up with Ben? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, Look, does the man not own a regular phone? I don't know. Every what, what is every time it's like, great, it's like the great Oz. I don't know. Every time I think about Ben or I talk about Ben, I the, you know what the question that does pop into my head? What's up with Ben? And I have no idea, Zoki. <laughs> I've been wondering that for three years now. What's up with Ben? Like, I haven't figured like it out great, yet. The great Oz has spoken. Um, <laughs> I would say. I would say what uh, what the report was from Coach Matt Rule. I was over there yesterday with all the, the great press conferences. Is that uh, Bozeman, of course, had the preseason injury that he's still working his way back and, uh, and getting into. I think the, the terminology was working into a groove. So I don't know what the NFL analytics to say about getting into a groove are, uh, but uh, they, they seem to like what Elfline did week one. The same starting five with the offensive line this week. So I think we'll see Bradley Bozeman at some point. He's a road grader, bigger option. Uh, so his time will come, but. I think maybe he might be a little bit behind, whereas Elfline was here, of course, last year, uh, has a comfort right now with what they're doing. So uh, not for today, but probably down the road, keep an eye on Bradley Bozeman and his opportunities. Jim, first game under this new Ben McAdoo offense, what were your first impressions? I think in the second half we saw a lot of potential with this offense. In the first half, obviously a lot of mishaps. A lot of that had to do with the botched snaps and the batted balls at the line of scrimmage. But Christian McCaffrey only getting two carries in the first half. What's up with that, Jim? What are your first impressions? Well, see, that's the whole thing. You got to put it all together. Is that there were botched snaps, so those were four plays that weren't run. There were five batted passes. Now you're up to nine plays that weren't really run, and you only ran 50 plays. So now you're down to like 41 plays that you even had an opportunity to see the outcome of what they were going to happen. So because they weren't picking up first downs, I mean, it wasn't like they were trying to stay away from McCaffrey. They just weren't converting third downs. I mean, they were not having drives, period. You look at time of possession, it was atrocious. It was 39 minutes to 21 minutes. So anytime you're losing time where you only possess the ball, 21 minutes in a 60-minute game, I, I can't say, well, Ben McAdoo's philosophy is off because they didn't get a chance to really execute it. So I think that once we get into it, I think his philosophies are sound. I think what he's calling will work. It's got to be executed. they got to pick up third downs and, and keep the offense on the field to – I don't. I don't have. Uh, I guess if you, if you want to grade, it's incomplete because uh, we really haven't a chance to get a good look at it yet. Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, uh, with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. You mentioned Saquon Barkley's uh, really good first week, and lo and behold, Matt Jones kind of looked like a presentable NFL quarterback as a result. Funny how that running game can aid a quarterback. So. Um, Give us the, the your scouting impressions of the Giants. Yeah, I think you had Mac Jones there, but Daniel Jones out of the Duke and um, Charlotte Latin is uh, you know he, he's serviceable. I mean he's he's a guy that's yeah. got good ability to run. He can run the ball, but he's never been a great passer in this league consistently. He had you know, check down numbers last week, seventeen out of twenty one, but like a hundred and eighty yards on that. So not much per attempt to going down the field there. So he's just okay. I mean he's just never really. 
turned into a top ten right. pick in this league. But I mean, what he was, he, so he's okay. He, he's going to be better as any offense would be if Barkley's healthy, right? Yeah, just like Christian McCaffrey makes all of our quarterbacks past and present better. And um, Barkley was huge, obviously, with the 164 yards, and and Jones is going to put his rushing yards up with those as well. So I think, yeah, this, they can cobble it together as far as some offense goes. But they're going to be like Cleveland, where they're going to try to possess the ball on the ground and, and face passing and things like that. They're, same receivers. They got Shepard and Galladay and guys like that once again this year. So um, nothing too exciting in their pass game for him to work with, I don't think, either. Defensively, how do the uh, G-men stack up? I think they're going to get Kayvon Thibodeau back, which is their their top pick this year. And he's terrific, obviously, out of Oregon. So they didn't have yeah. him last week. But, uh, no, they're, they're, they're better defensively. I think, again, very much like Cleveland. Run the ball on offense, play solid defense. And, and so they're – they're going to do that to you. Remember last year, I thought that'd be an easy game, and the Panthers really got got whooped twenty five to three going up there. And that defense was a big part of the story on that trip up there, and that hasn't changed. So yeah, I think that's going to be the key. Is this offense in a hurry is going to have to learn to sustain drives and get some points on the board and and get some big plays. I mean, we you take away that big Robbie Anderson pass, which to me was as much obviously a breakdown in the Cleveland secondary as anything else. You're not going to get that gift every week of a seventy five yard over the top of the defense. So they're throwing it this week, I think, for New York. Let me let – you brought up Robbie Anderson there. Give me uh, just a little bit on kind of where you see his role now. And, I mean, because I, I think – I'm not a fan. I'll just say that. But, I mean, wh- where is where is this guy w- – will he live up to what maybe uh, management, the coaching staff and ownership hope he will – uh, or will he just eventually here have one of his fits that he normally uh, is aching to having? No, I mean, he had the drops last year. There's no doubt yeah. about it. I mean, he I don't know where he finished in the league, but, I mean, for the number of passes thrown his way, which weren't a lot, he dropped a lot of them. So that's got to happen, first of all. And, yeah, he caught that deep ball. That's great. But he, where he was good two years ago with the Joe Brady offense was those crossers across the middle where they could catch him in stride, and he's catching it at full speed at an angle. And I think that they would like to get back to that. You know, Matt Rule referenced that at some point in the preseason about you know, how he was used in that capacity a few years ago. And maybe wide receiver screens, like bubble screens, things like that, where you could see that pop up. But, you know, with McCaffrey's return, I mean, on a typical Sunday, on a good day, you know, that should be eight of your eight to ten receptions right there of your offense. DJ Moore has got to be the number one guy. He's the number one receiver in this league. I mean, he should be getting eight passes a week in his hands. Yeah, at least. Um, so then, you know, to me, I think Robbie just has to be a niche guy. I don't think he's got to be a workforce. I don't even think he has to be a thousand-yard guy like he was two years ago. I think, you know, a good season for him would be something like, you know, say 60 catches, 850 yards, a couple touchdowns, and then you know, really let McCaffrey and DJ Moore be your main guys. Uh, I think we'll, we'll continue to refuse to use tight ends in our <laughs> it just seems to be just like we're just not going to do it. Uh, All right. So uh, I want to see Shy Smith emerge. Honestly, yeah, yeah, size, yeah. and I think Shy Smith is going to be that guy that also takes away from Robbie's production. So he just got to be his niche. I think as the season wears on, we'll see with Terrace Marshall. But I think Shy Smith is going to emerge and be a bigger part. Uh, will Will Mayfield bounce back a little more this week? What do you expect out of Baker before he lets you go? Yeah, I think he bounced back during the game. I think yeah. that fourth quarter shows right. what he's capable of. I mean, that's what that's what you get with him. At least you have, and we we even you know reference the Ian Thomas fifty yard seam route. I mean, at least he's got big play potential that he'll take some shots. I mean, it was driving people nuts with Teddy Bridgewater back in the day. Oh. Like everything was a checkdown. Everything was like just you know five yards out there. At least you can't live on that. 
but it's like it'd be nice to know you've got that big play ability when you need it because you expect him to make the smaller play. So I like it. I think he'll get more comfortable every week. The things with the batted passes, they've got to work with him as, as a team. You know, I know watching – I grew up in Cleveland watching the Browns more than most people do. Right. Um, they roll the pocket a lot with him in the past, and he plays better in open space. And also you've got to create quick passing lanes where he knows he can get the ball out and he can't hang on to it. He's not really – his strong suit is not the seven-step drop in a deep pocket. That's when things can get batted down. So ball's got to come out quick, got to create passing lanes for him, get him into a rhythm, and he actually runs better than you would think. So he can get out there and run a little bit, but he also can just create space in the pocket with his feet. Um, I think that's where he'll get better and more comfortable. But, again, you can only make this happen so quickly. And I think over the first month of the season, I think these first three, four games, it's just going to have to kind of come together uh, because it is new, and you just can't pretend it's not. It is new, right. and it's going to take a little bit of time. Another successful and excellent version of Jim Zoki on the Patrick Johnson Show. Flawless! Jim, thank you. Great to talk with each of you in your own places that you work. <laughs> See you later, Jim. There he goes. Oh, Jim Zoki. Hey, uh, Appalachian State alum Luke Combs, the guest picker for College Game Day in Boone this week. The Tar Heels aren't playing basketball there, are they? I'm wondering why he's going. Because the Tar Heels right. aren't playing. He canceled that concert. They need to go to the... No, that was the other okay. dork that wears the glasses. They're all the same. Who's, a, who's an App State guy, but a Carolina basketball fan. That's the new thing. It's always about a truck and a dirt road and drinking beer and all that. They're all the same. But I, I'm just... Why is he going if the Tar Heels aren't playing basketball? He's gonna know. He's going to yuck it up on college game day. Oh, he's guest okay. Guest picker. But he's aware the Tar Heels aren't playing basketball there that day, right? Well, he might pick the Tar Heels to uh, win the national championship despite them not asking, and then pick the Tar Heels to win whatever game they're playing. It's time. I almost expect it. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with uh, Doug Martin and uh, the coach of 4-0 Green Centrals. They'll play North Pitt tomorrow. That is uh, Jay Wilson. Looking forward to talking to him. We'll see you then.